This is Real Estate Rookie episode 269er. It's so fantastic the power that community has. And a lot of us have probably heard the saying that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I think that's so true. And I don't mean this to sound like ruthless, but right, if you can if you can protect your time, who you spend your time with, to, to only the people that are on the same journey as you, only the people that are um, supportive of you and your goals and your dreams and your ambitions, like those are the kind of people that will help you make those dreams a reality. So it, it's so cool to see the three of you uh, leaning on each other throughout this process to uh, to support one another. It's, it's a, a really cool thing to see. My name is Ashley Kerr, and I'm here with my co-host, Tony Robinson. And welcome to the Real Estate Rookie Podcast, where every week, twice a week, we give you the inspiration, motivation, and stories you need to hear to kickstart your investing journey. I want to shout out someone by the username of KSP75. KSP said, love it. Uh, I own a multifamily home and my family lives in part of the house, so I have some exposure to tenants and leases, but Real Estate Rookie is fantastic to listen to as it gives information, guidance, and confidence to move to the next level of real estate investing. I plan to devour every episode, take notes, read, research, and be 100% ready with absolute certainty to pounce on my next deal when the conditions are right. So KSP, we appreciate that five-star review. And if you were part of the Rookie audience and you haven't yet left us an honest rating and review, Take the two and a half minutes it takes to do that. Log into your phone, open up the app, hit the five stars, say what you got to say, and we would be forever grateful for that. Um, Ash, I'm I'm excited. We uh we're gonna get to hang out in person uh, in a few days here. Yeah, next week as of this recording, we're doing a meetup and a host retreat for all of the bigger pockets hosts. I don't think we've all actually been together since on the market started because Scott Trench, the host of the Money Podcast was having his beautiful baby girl and wasn't at the conference. So this will be the first time all the hosts are together. I think everyone is going. Yeah, it'll. but this will be the first time where we like actually get to hang out with each other. You know, yeah. I feel like at BPCon, like it was, it was so fast and, you know, it was just like a, a whole stage thing. But this time it'll be us like really kind of getting to hang out and know each other. So it'll be fun. Yeah, awesome. So today we have a great episode with our 90-day mentees. So Melanie, Brandon, and Lawrence are here to close out their 90-day journey and to let you know what they accomplished and what they learned and what they're going to do next. It's so crazy. Like these 90 days went by so fast. Um, okay. I feel like we just chatted with them for the first time. So um, it's it's really cool to see where where they're headed. And for those of you that are listening, let us know, like, let us know in, in the reviews, let us know in the Real Estate Rookie Facebook group. Um, how did you guys like hearing their journey? And if you are enjoying it, we'd love to kind of keep doing this and and showing the behind the scenes of how new investors really start taking the steps to kickstart their journeys. Yeah. And I think it's so cool. Like they, they thank us, but they did everything. <laughs> they know everything. Yeah. Like just watching their progress and the things that they implemented and doing the action items assigned like just amazing mentees that took our advice and they ran with it and we're so so proud of them i feel like a little mother hen you know <laughs> gathering my little chicks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's so cool and it's going to be amazing to continue to watch them grow and expand and low past us on this real estate journey for sure are current interest rates making you depressed about cash flow? What if it didn't have to be that way? Rent to Retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller financed 
2.99% interest rate where the average cash flow is over $900 per month. They also have options where you can put as low as 5% down on multiple investment properties with no PMI. Rent to Retirement is the nation's leading turnkey investment company that understands what it takes to be successful in today's dynamic real estate market. Their reputation speaks for itself with more five-star reviews than any other company on the Bigger Pockets website. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest with confidence in the markets that offer the best returns. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's rent. T-O, retirement.com, or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages, until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Melanie, welcome back. Super excited to have you on. So give us and the Ricky audience an update on what's been going on since we last chatted with you. Thanks, Tony. Good to be back. It's been a good couple of weeks um, since our last conversation. I dove into Price Labs and did a lot of research per your recommendation to just get a little bit more comfortable with kind of how bookings were looking the next couple of weeks out. And um, my other homework was to submit 10 offers. Um, so at that time, I actually, uh, within a couple of days, submitted three offers. Um, wanted to jump on that quickly. And uh, one offer was uh, accepted the next day. Uh, it was a backup offer 
and the original offer fell through. So went under contract and I close in just a couple of days now. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Congratulations, <laughs> Melanie. That's super exciting. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited. And it only took three offers, not even the full 10. <laughs> exactly. It only took three. It was lucky number three. Um, and I'm super excited, you guys. So thank you for all of your your support. No, of course. And I, I think that's such an important lesson that you were the backup offer on another deal that fell through because that happens more often than people think. Um, the the very the, the second deal that I ever closed on as a real estate investor was the same exact thing. I had submitted the deal or that offer like months and months before. And they went under contract with someone else and had fallen out. And they came back to me afterwards and said, hey, if you're still interested, we're, we're still here. So that is that is super exciting, Melanie. Um, can you give us the details? Like what, what city? What's the purchase price? The size? Give us all the details. Yeah, totally. Um, so I stuck with Savannah. I'm really, really excited about that city. Um, the purchase price was 240 And I got 5000 in seller credits. And um, it's a three-bedroom, two-bath. Um, I'm still kind of looking at 200 average daily rate. And so I think it's going to do well on Airbnb. I had a lot of fears around that and the uncertainty. Um, but ultimately, I just wanted to continue moving forward and go after this goal. We are so proud of you. And I know that you thanked us, but this was all you. <laughs> you did all of the legwork. All we did was tell you that you could do it. So uh, congratulations. That's really awesome. What are some of the next things you have to do uh, maybe before you close and then as soon as you close? And is there anything we can help with for that? Thank you. Um, really, I'm just kind of waiting to close. You know, I, I am using a loan. And so I've been working through uh, the lending process. But other than that, it's really just going to come down to getting out there and setting up the Airbnb. So I'll close remotely with the power of attorney. And um, I basically have a, a giant spreadsheet and a bunch of just handwritten notes of like all the things I want to check off. So I'm ordering furniture and washers and dryers and getting the utilities set up and just trying to have it as organized as possible so I can get out there, set it up and set it live. I love that. Melanie, have you um have you downloaded our like mine and my wife, we we have a free um shopping list. Um have you downloaded that yet? I haven't downloaded yours. Um I've just been watching a bunch of YouTube videos. I would I would love to download that. Yeah. I think any list, all the lists, I definitely <laughs> weren't um I'd love to get that because I'm just trying to think of everything. So totally. I'll have to find that. I'll send it to you afterwards. But just for those of you that are listening, if you go to the real estate forward slash shopping list, um, you guys can download all the stuff that we buy. Um, something else, you, you mentioned design. So are you are you gonna design this yourself or are you working with a professional designer? I reached out to a couple of professional designers and priced it out and honestly they were good deals. Um, but I decided to do it myself. I just, that was part of the fun for me and I really want to try that out. So, um, I am going to give it a go and hopefully it looks good. We'll see. No, I love that. Um, but I've, I've been trying to get a style in mind. So my, my recommendation when it comes to the design is see what, what's already doing really well in the Savannah market, right? And if you already have a price lap subscription, you can literally just filter it down to three bedrooms, sort it by revenue and just go through like the top 20 listings and see what their design aesthetic looks like. And the goal isn't necessarily to copy verbatim, but, you know, see what some of those themes are, those elements or those, those design pieces that make a lot of sense and try and incorporate those. 
And the last thing I would say is is also pay close attention to the amenities. Um, like are our hot tubs something that you need in Savannah? Do you need uh, game rooms? Do you need, I don't know, pack and plays and, and high chairs? Like really understand what are some of the amenities that are popular in that market. So that way as you're building out your design budget, you're making sure that you're you're leaving room for those amenities as well. That's a great recommendation. I think the the real only amenity I was really focused on understanding was do I need to buy a hot tub? Um, but I haven't looked at some of those other things. So I definitely will look into that. And your recordings with Price Labs were so helpful for me. So thank you for that access too. Yeah, of course. I was at Tony and Sarah's most recent short-term rental conference. And one of the questions someone asked Sarah was, should we buy the hot tub for the shirts and pencil? And she looks at everyone and says, what do we say? And everyone in the room yelled at once, buy the hot tub. (laughs) Another thing that I also learned from Sarah during that same Q&A was also like looking at what your rules are and setting expectations upfront for your guests. So like the biggest thing she talked about was pets, like put in there, like pets are allowed, but there will be an extra cleaning fee of $200 or whatever that is. And it's clearly stated in there. If and they'll pets on the furniture, things like that. Um, Cause that's one thing I didn't have with mine. And we just had our first dog hair explosion over the brand new couch and across the whole apartment. Um, so I think that that was a great recommendation too, is making sure you're setting those clear expectations ahead of time. And then not, then hopefully you don't have to worry about uh, having these surprises show up at your property. Yeah, I actually have a question about that. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, What's the best way to put together your house rules? I mean, those are great call outs. Do you have kind of guidance for a general list of rules that you have at every single property? You should 100 percent create a I guess there's two pieces that right. So first, you have your house rules that you put on your actual listing through the platforms. And then the second piece is that you have your your digital guidebook, which outlines more of the additional rules that come along with them um, with running your property. So you should definitely be utilizing both of those. Um, on the on the platform, we typically only put the ones that are like most important. And for us, that's you know typically we call out like cleaning um, like hot tub cleanliness. So if they dirty up the hot tub, additional fees around that. Uh, we talked about quiet hours uh, in our our. Um, house rules on the actual platform. And usually that third one will, will be something specific to the property. So it could be like, I don't know, like if you leave the slider glass door open in the winter time or something like that, I don't know, just things that are specific to that property. But then we also have the digital guidebook, which is like the instruction manual and the the, the rule book for our property. And we use um, Hostfully for our digital guidebook. Um, and there's other ones out there, but Hostfully is one that we've used. And Hostfully is cool because it allows you to create both written and video instructions for everything related to your property. So like we have, like Ashley said, we have like little doggy beds um, at a lot of our short-term rentals. And we have in the digital guidebook, hey, make sure that if you bring a pet that they sleep on the doggy bed, then there's a photo of the doggy bed and says, if they sleep anywhere else, and we're going to charge you. Um, so you, you can put a lot of your extra rules inside the guidebook as well. Right. You know, one thing I see a lot um, on some of the Airbnb threads I follow uh, are excessive cleaning requirements. A lot of people complain that we're paying for a cleaner. Why are we also required to do 10,000 things um, to keep the house clean? Do you run in, have you run into that? Do you run into that at all? So I, I think there's a fine line that you want to walk there. Um, we stayed at an Airbnb last summer 
and they wanted us to do not one load of laundry, but two. They said, strip all of the beds, and they were all like whites, put that in, run that full cycle, put that into the dryer, and then wash all of your towels second. And we didn't do any of that. Like, that's that's way too much, right? But what we do and what Airbnb says is, is like, reasonable is, like, um, they shouldn't be cleaning more than they clean at their house, right? So our what we ask them to do is, like, hey, please don't leave, like, an excessive amount of dirty dishes. Like, if you want to leave some, cool, but, like, don't just, like, stockpile a week's worth of dishes into the um into the into the sink we tell them to throw their their dirty towels onto the floor of the bathroom that way our cleaners can just kind of gather those all up um and that's pretty much it we don't ask them to sweep we don't ask them to uh mop we don't ask them to take the trash out so i think there there is a certain level of things that are reasonable um and you know you can kind of play with with what makes most sense for your for your market we do the same too where it's throw that we have them take like any blankets they use too that are maybe like in the common areas and put those also in the um with the towels on the bathroom floor just so we know what was used too of like just extra linens and stuff like that okay but yeah we i think we might have them load the dishwasher and just so we know what plates and stuff they did use is load the dishwasher too that might be one were those were your list learned over time yeah, I mean, I think an easy way to do it is to, you know, just like ask yourself, what would you be comfortable doing at someone else's Airbnb and use that as your starting point. And if you get a lot of feedback from folks about like, I can't believe you're asking me to do this. If it's one person, maybe don't worry about it. But if you hear that uh, as a theme across multiple guests, then it might be something worth taking out. Um, so it's it's always this kind of uh, iteration or this iterative process where we're always tweaking our check-in messages and our expectations and our house rules based on the feedback that we get from our guests. Great. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing uh, with us and uh, asking great questions. And congratulations. (laughs) We're we're super excited for you. And um, we really do hope that this first deal turns out to be a, a great success for you. Last thing I'll say for you, you're in Savannah, Georgia, right? You said that's where you're buying? Yep. There's um. There's a Savannah Bananas are in uh, Savannah, Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. And they're like one of the most popular uh, minor league uh, uh, baseball teams in the United States. And it would be so cool, like if you had some kind of element, whether it's like, hey, guys, here's a a free ticket to a Savannah Bananas baseball game. And, you know, I'm sure you could reach out to them or get discounted tickets or something. But use that cool little, you know, uh, entertainment piece and see if you can tie it into your into your listing. I love that idea. Thank you. I didn't even know about the bananas, but that's hilarious. (laughs) Okay. Well, Melanie, thank you so much. And we're going to have you back on in a little bit here to do a group discussion. Okay. Thank you guys so much for all your help. Okay, Brandon, welcome back. We're excited to hear your update. Last time we spoke, you had gotten a property under contract. What's been new since then? So since then, uh, the closing actually got pushed to the 23rd, so next Thursday. Well, congratulations. Yeah, thank you very <laughs> much. I mean, yeah, even though it's pushed, like it's still happening. So that's still great progress. <laughs> yeah, it was a bummer to miss basically the full month of uh, February forage, but uh, the purchase money mortgage that the seller was using, he has to spend so much on his construction project before he can 1031 into it, was how he explained it to me. So that was the reason for the date to be pushed. I mean, so how are you still feeling about the property, Brandon? Like you, you've gone through your inspection processes. Were there any pros or cons uh, that you found as you were going through that? So I've got through the walkthrough. I'm pretty confident in it. Uh, there's some things that are just dated, um, cabinets, flooring, 
it's about 2005 or seven. Uh, so everything's kind of getting there uh, after this tenant might be needing to be gone through. Pretty confident in the property itself. The inspection's actually tomorrow, so I don't have any big things to report from that, um, if it went well or if it didn't. So you did decide to get one? Yes. Yep. I did take oh, sure advice on that. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, and here's the thing, right? Like the inspection, and you know, I, I don't know kind of what relationship you have with your seller right now, so maybe this isn't a, a lever that you pull, but typically the, the property inspection is going to call out some things that may benefit you as the buyer to get some kind of additional credit from the seller. So, you know, obviously if you already walked the property and you feel like you got a good uh, feeling for most of uh, the repairs that might need to be done, but say there is something that in that report that is um, a, a much bigger financial investment than you had originally anticipated, just know you have every right to go back to the seller and say, look, I was thinking I could patch the roof, but according to this inspection report, the whole roof needs to be replaced. Or, hey, I thought I could just you know, service this HVAC unit, but now the whole thing needs to be repaired or, or something like that. So don't be afraid to use the information that's in that inspection report to um, make sure you're, you're compensated uh, fairly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Fortunately, uh, being a townhouse, the larger exterior stuff isn't as much in play, or I'm sure they'll still check the attic and stuff like that. But the roofs were done two years ago um, in the whole association, uh, as well as siding not too long ago. Brandon, what was the cost of the inspection? Um, I think it was about $360, something like that. Yeah. I was just curious as to what it would be, especially for a townhouse. I've never done an inspection on a townhouse before. And just to kind of give everyone an idea of what it may cost. But I still think even at that price point, that's well worth it. I think the last one I did, um, it was at a small single family property. I think it was 300 It was 300 or 350 yeah. And honestly, for like the value that you get and like the detail that goes into an inspection report, I feel like it's so worth um, worth that worth that money. Because I think mine are about the same, like three to four hundred. You can also build a scope of work pretty easily. So like if you do get a property that you're going to be rehabbing, getting that, you're getting all the things they looked at, all the things that need to be fixed or maybe don't even need to be, but you're going to want to fix them you can kind of use their inspection as like a starting point as to like, okay, here's all the, you know, exterior things they, they looked at. And th let's start with this, bidding count the siding, things like that, or and then getting into interior, here's the plumbing stuff. And, you know, and Ash, like for a lot of, we get a lot of questions about like, hey, how do I estimate my rehab costs? But it's like, if you do the inspection and you just share that inspection report with the contractor, that could even give them enough information to give you a, a ballpark scope of work or, or budget for that project also. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. So, Brandon, um, what do you have planned upon closing? Are you doing anything with the tenants in place? Are you going to increase their rent? Are you going to have them sign new lease agreements? Or do they have like a long-term lease already in place? Uh, they do have a current lease up until May of 24. Um, so I don't plan on, or they're signing over the lease to me. So I don't plan on raising their rent. Well, obviously can't because they're staying in the same yes. <laughs> same lease. Um, but the night before going over to walk through, just make sure nothing big's happened since then. Because um, clo our closing's at eight in the morning. So Wednesday night, I'll walk through it, introduce myself, um, hand out, uh, making up a little business card for my contact information and stuff like that. Have you guys ever assumed tenants before? Anything that I should kind of go out of my way to talk to them about yeah have you had any contact with them at all yet i've not their one daughter was at home when i was through it before but outside of that no yeah the one thing i would do is send them an estoppel agreement 
which is basically just confirming. So are you going to be there tomorrow for the inspection? Um, I wasn't, no. Oh, okay. Well, you can do, you can ask, I would ask the seller permission to send this to them. And it's basically just like everything that's on the lease, like they're agreeing to, or like maybe when you read through the lease agreement, do you have a copy of the lease? Yes, I do. Okay. So go through that and look, is there like, does it state things like who owns the appliances in there? And just go through the lease and make sure everything is covered or like if it doesn't say pets are or aren't allowed or something, then kind of verifying with tenants, what are the rules? Like, does it say in the lease who cuts the grass? Like, you don't want to go into this property thinking the tenant takes care of the the grass and then you find out that actually the owner paid it and that's another, you know, $500 a year you have to spend on someone cutting the grass or taking the time to go and do it yourself. So I think verify with them anything that's not in the lease agreement, um, doing that. And then for anyone listening that there is no lease agreement or it's like a handshake deal, verify that what the landlord is verbally telling you is correct or even what's on the the rent rider that comes with your real estate contract that the tenant is in you know agreement with what they're stating the rent and the terms are too. So that would be my only thing is going through the lease agreement one more time and just seeing if there's anything that you think is missing from there that could possibly be possibly become an issue later on as to whose responsibility is that. Okay, yeah, I uh, had gone through it, um, highlighting the biggest things, the rent amount, the timeline that they're staying in there for. The grass and snow uh, is HOA, so that's one that's oh, yeah, yeah. easy for both of us, but I will have to just make sure, like, the appliance stuff. I'm, I The landlord owns, but I also have to make sure that it's written then. Um, and then I've had inherited tenants before, and I mean, it, do, it I haven't had a problem, um, so I don't think that you have much to worry about. I know some people, you know, have a bad experience with inherited tenants and say never buy a property with tenants in place, but there are definitely some pros to that as you get a rent check the day that you close and you don't yeah. have to worry about filling a vacancy and learning how to lease and market a unit, so um yeah, I, I think that's great for your first investment is to already have that piece in place and you're just going to start getting that mailbox money. Uh, one more question. Are you going to use any software to collect the rent? Oh, I was looking into Rent Ready uh, and I just had a bunch of difficulties trying to get it set up. So I'm kind of reopening and trying to see or the current landlord's just collecting through a uh, wire transfer or yes. uh, direct deposit into his account. Yeah, I mean, th there's so many different ways to do it. Whatever makes you comfortable. Um, Rent Ready, Avail, Apartments.com has one. Zillow even has one now. Those are some other softwares you could look at if you didn't find Rent Ready was appropriate for you. But Rent Ready is also a dollar, I think, if you're a bigger pocket <laughs> pro member. So yeah, um, I played around with it a lot. I like it. Um, I think it has everything that you need, especially for your first several properties. So yeah, as I'll probably look into it a bit more, but I'm not in too big a rush to find one before closing as uh, yeah. just with one property, um, just keeping it easy for them to just do the same thing and just uh, direct deposit into one of my uh, account. You have um, access to the boot camps, right? The rookie and the landlord boot camp? Uh, yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. Go through the landlord boot camp because I use Rent Ready a lot as an example in there too. So if you do decide to use it, I did videos on how to do a lot of that stuff too. Okay, yeah, I'm about a third through a oh, uh, cool. landlord one. I haven't seen those yet, but 
Okay. Well, awesome, Brandon, and congratulations. And you'll have to put into the Slack channel when you do close. Um, we're super excited for you. Yeah, I'm excited to close, and then I get to look forward to the other one in May. Yeah. Well, we're going to bring Lawrence on, and then Brandon will bring you back for a group discussion. All right. Talk to you then. Lawrence, welcome back. Uh, super excited to hear how things have been going. So we know that you've been focused on trying to make some offers, getting something seller finance. So just give us an update how things have been since we last chatted. Yeah, of course. Uh, so the main thing was to submit more offers and more offers. Uh, so I was up to maybe possibly, I want to say 12 offers. Um, almost had one um, that fell through. I was able uh, to talk with a seller with um, who has a property that's located very closely to one of my current properties. And um, we were going to do a deal for 10% down. Um, the purchase price would have been 100 um, k for that particular one, a two-bedroom, one-bath, single-family home. And unfortunately, when I uh, had a inspector walk that particular unit, there was some delayed maintenance from a water leak that the tenant supposedly, you know, never told the landlord. Um, this is pretty much like a mom and pop landlord. So I don't know if that particular landlord um, was subject to like the, the honor code of the tenant just, you know, delay, you know, either actually reporting maintenance issues or, you know, not reporting them. Um, this particular landlord, I guess, didn't have like routine inspections. You know, for me, I constantly make sure that I am going into my particular units. And with that particular fall through from that water leak, with the water leak and replacing the plumbing to PVC piping, it was going to be over 30K. Lawrence, what did you learn from that inspection besides what the outcome was? What's something you learned maybe even about maintenance or doing a rehab or something that you've gotten value out of starting this deal and doing the inspection where it wasn't just a waste of money and time so far? Where did you see that opportunity that where it's now an opportunity cost? Of course. Um, so with all of my properties, um, I always do an inspection, but this was the the one that, you know, it wasn't contention on like a bank appraisal. So I can be like, hey, you know, I want to praise at this. Uh, it let me know that one, I don't delay maintenance and, and I, I don't want to ever be that person where a tenant is waiting on me um, to prepare something. So with my tenants, it's not a matter of if someone, if something's going to be fixed, but when. And so one, I don't do delayed maintenance. And also I'm very um, keen on having those inspections. So whenever it's a, a brand new tenant, I do four inspections out of the year. So they're, the properties get inspected pretty much every quarter. And then if that tenant becomes a long-term rental, then I move to a twice a year inspection. So I definitely, one thing I learned was that keep the model of not um, delaying uh, maintenance and then two, how to factor in a what if, if there is a big ticket item, if I'm definitely going to be doing something that's seller financing. Because of course, 10% down of on 100K, it's 10. And then, you know, a 30K re redoing of plumbing, that's almost 40K. And it's, you know, not a flip. So I definitely learned a multitude of different things. Um, so it was definitely a curveball that I, I wasn't ready for, or I had not experienced, um, had I not be a part of this, you know, mentorship program. 
So what happened next? You got the inspection report back. Did you go to the seller and say, I need you to knock 30K off? Or did you walk away from the deal? Take us through those next steps. Yeah, of course. I did go back to the seller home. I pretty much explained the situation, um, identified the um, quote from the plumbers. And this particular seller was like, you know, unfortunately, it would either be we seller finance it for 100K or you buy for cash at a discount value. And um, right now I'm I'm not buying properties for like 70K cash right now and, and have um, built in reserves to do like a, a rehab or a flip. Um, so I definitely had to walk away uh, from that. And, and that particular seller, we still have communication and um, it was someone who ended up buying it with cash. They didn't um, do seller financing. They bought it as a discount. I, I believe they're going to flip it. Um, but a bright side is that that particular seller does have more properties in the area. And um, hopefully when that seller decides to deload more, I can kind of be a little bit more uh, prepared to maybe get one. That was actually my very next question, Lawrence, was about whether or not this seller had other properties. Just quick backstory. Uh, when I was initially investing, I lived in California. I was buying properties in Louisiana and I sent out some direct mail pieces. I met this wonderful lady. Her name was Mary. Mary and her husband owned I think like 30 or 40 properties all paid for in that city. And um, they were looking to sell one property, tried to buy it from it, didn't work out. She came back to me almost a year and a half later. Hadn't talked to the lady after that first deal fell through. She came back a year and a half later, said, hey, Tony, I don't know if you're still buying, but we're looking to really start offloading more of these properties. So have you have you had any conversations, Lawrence, with that seller about the other properties in their portfolio? Yes. Uh, yes, I have. Um and I want to make sure, I, you know, be careful. I don't want to say the person's name, of course, anything like that. But yes, I've had conversations with that seller. And um, one of the properties that he owns is on the street of a property that I own. And so he said the way that he sells his properties is he's waiting for people to not rent them out anymore. So he's not renewing um, his tenants. He has been in the game for, I want to say, like 40 something years. And he he calls me um, uh, a kid with um, <laughs> with gumption <laughs> I mean, because he was like, you really wanted to make this work. But, you know, I understand as an investor, you know, it has to be a win for both parties. And he said, I have your contact information. Um, I actually have cards with my face on it and my bow tie. And so I gave him my card and he was like, I won't forget you. I'll remember the bow tie guy. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. A tenant does not renew, and it's not one that's a delayed maintenance. And if so, maybe that will be added to my portfolio this year. So what are the some of the next steps you're going to take? Are you going to continue target the same areas? Or are you going to maybe look for a different market? I've been targeting the same areas. Um, so one thing I did was um, I built out my list, and I sent out 85 mailers. Um, and I hand wrote awesome. each one and yeah, so that's what I'm, I'm pretty much still looking into this area. Um, I may be going up about 90 minutes out, maybe to the college station area, to the college, t um, area, because I do have a background in student housing. So I may try to get a, a duplex out there and see. Okay. I love that idea of, instead of switching a total market. And that's kind of why I wanted to ask that question because it's so easy to di get discouraged as to like, okay, I sent out my letters in this one area. It didn't work out. Now I'm going to go to a next one. I love that you are still sticking with it. 
But I really like how you're like, okay, I'm just going to expand a little bit because there's this opportunity here that I see. And it just kind of, it's, you know, adjoining to what you're currently doing. So I think that's a great idea. Um, So tell us more about doing the college rentals. Why does that intrigue you? Yeah, of course. Um, So I always tell people that I'm a rookie as far as an investor, but I'm not new to real estate. Um, So I believe I may have said this, but I work for two publicly traded student housing companies. I did leasing and marketing and I I did high rises in West Campus um, for UT as well as in College Station for Texas A&M. So I have that background of collegiate leasing, marketing and the whole by the bed uh, synopsis. So I said, let me just, you know, um, pull out some of my old, you know, tricks of being able to do leasing and marketing with student housing because I know that like the back of my hand and it's I've streamlined processes so much that I do not have to be local to manage it because I know student housing like the back of my hand. I thought I was going to kind of get leave that in the past. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, if I know it like the back of my hand, if I know the how the leases run, do, if I know everything with the guarantors and, you know, the proximity of campus, I say, you know what, let me just go 90 minutes out into college, uh, college station and see if I can do a duplex or a fourplex and and go back to being able to do student housing leasing. But as being the investor instead of the employee. Ashley, you mentioned this in one of the other episodes we recorded today um, about how most people have something in their in their day jobs that might help them in their real estate investing career. And Lawrence, I love that you're leaning into that skill set that you already have. Um, so, Lawrence, as you as you think, you know about next steps for you and and kind of what some action items are to help you continue to progress towards your goals. What what's on the docket for you? What do you have in mind? Well, I definitely will continue to use all of the resources um, provided, you know, via bigger pockets and stay a part of that strong community. Um, I definitely, you know, always stand by it takes a village to be a real estate investor. Um, So uh, through this uh, podcast, um, you know, I've grown my uh, network of people are telling me, hey, if you decide to, you know, do another market, hit me up. Um, I know this market. I know that market. So definitely one, continue to use the re- resources provided by Bigger Pockets, uh, continue networking, and then um, most of all, share, you know, my story and my resources because in order to be a, you know, good mentee, it's always good to be a mentor to someone else. I love that lesson, Lawrence. And, and yeah, the if anything, the community that you're able to build and the network you're able to build and and the value value you're able to provide to other people, there's... There's so much that comes along with that, that as long as you consistently do those things, you're eventually going to get that that deal that you want. So um, I'm just excited that Ash and I got to play a small role and, and you taking a step towards that bigger goal. Yeah, of course. I'm I'm so excited to, to continue my journey. And again, very grateful for this opportunity. Well, keep pushing, Lawrence. We always love having you on. And just like your, your glow and your light that comes <laughs> off and radiate, radiates, it really uh, transpires onto others. So keep it up. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to head into a group discussion with everyone. Hiring? Your search is over. Really, there's no need to search. Match instead with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates super fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling 
screening and messaging to hire top talent faster. Speaking of top talent, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. But why do I love Indeed? Because I'm busy and scrolling through 300 resumes is not helping my business grow. It's actually making it slow. With Indeed, I can hire faster and know I'm getting someone who can do the job. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to post your jobs with more visibility at Indeed.com slash rookie. Just go to Indeed.com slash rookie right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash rookie. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Rookies, 2024 is the year to start protecting your rental properties with an LLC. But you don't have to do all the paperwork and filing yourself. Corporate Direct is your professional and affordable option for getting your LLC done right. They handle the state filings, draft your operating agreement, and act as your registered agent. They'll even help you comply with the Corporate Transparency Act, a new federal disclosure law affecting every real estate investor. Corporate Direct is a family business founded by attorney, author, and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton over 35 years ago. Now, his son Ted is a licensed attorney working with him. Together, they've helped thousands of real estate investors form and maintain their LLCs and protect their assets. If you're trying to build a real estate portfolio, do not skip the LLC. Head over to corporatedirect.com slash biggerpockets to schedule a free 15-minute consultation with an incorporating specialist. Mention Real Estate Rookie and get a $100 discount on your formation. That's corporatedirect.com slash biggerpockets. Awesome. So now we got uh, we got Melanie, we got Lawrence, and we got Brandon on the call here. So excited to get three of you all um, together and, and kind of talk through um, kind of what the last 90 days have been like. So, Melanie, maybe I'll, I'll talk to you first. So, um, you know, if you look back to where you were today and kind of where you were 90 days ago, would you say that um, maybe your your goals have changed since you first started? Like, were the goals you had on day one, did they alter as you kind of went through this journey? I don't know if my goals altered. Um, I think my, I think what the goal looked like altered and changed a lot. You know, through and through, I really wanted to purchase my first Airbnb and make that my next investment. Um, and it, that that in practice evolved quite a bit from one particular city to another and the structure of how I was approaching it. And, um, you know, I think it started off a little chaotically, but it over time still ended up being the same goal for me. 
I love that. I want to change that a little bit, Brandon. Instead of the lessons learned, how have your goals maybe changed since you first started the 90 days? Yeah, my goals I mean, changed moving forward as the goal was to get my first rental property. Um, now I'm getting more excited and kind of looking forward into like the next few. Kind of my biggest worry now is running out of down payment money. So exploring into other strategies that might produce more cash flow a little faster, like short-term rentals or medium-term, um, as well as trying to look for more distressed properties to um, go forth more of a burr approach, uh, just to leave less money in deals so I can scale as fast as I want to. Yeah, and I guess my question, this is really for all three of you, um, and maybe Lawrence, you can answer first, but, um, you know, what was the benefit of of kind of doing this with someone else? Because I think so often for a lot of our Ricky investors, they they kind of feel like they're on this island going on this journey alone. Um, so for the three of you, what was the benefit of having someone else kind of going through that journey with you, Lawrence, if you want to start? Of course. And I love that question. Um, one, you can't run from it. <laughs> um, I would definitely say you have that accountability because you know, one, this is public. Um, I'm one where I rarely kind of talk about my uh, my goals and what I'm going to do next. So this was something that I needed because, again, I was so focused on, oh, I'm just going to buy properties with my W-2 whatsoever. Maybe I'll try creative financing one day. But putting that goal out there, one, into the universe and then having accountability partners. I mean, you know, it was amazing to be a part of Melanie and Brandon's journey. I mean, we would text at night <laughs> talking about what's going on, whether whether it was something that we, you know, was excited about <laughs> with the journey, with uh, the property or something that fell through. I mean, I remember Melanie referring her, trying to find her a new realtor. I was like, asking my realtor friends in, in Georgia, like, hey, my buddy, a part of this 90-day meeting program needs a new realtor. So I would say, one, it was making me accountable. You know, I had to do this with someone. You know, it's kind of like having a personal trainer. You can tell yourself, hey, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to work out and I'm going to follow this nutrition plan. But it's a difference when you have a trainer or you're a part of a challenge, a fitness challenge with other people. So um, I had you, you know, Tony, <laughs> Ashley, Melanie, Brandon, and all of these people <laughs> on social media saying, hey, I want to know what happens next. So it kept me accountable. And I'm, I'm very much appreciative of that. I love that. Uh, Melanie, what about for you? I have to echo everything Lauren said. Um, the only thing I would add was also just being able to commiserate together. You know, you're still facing some hiccups and some challenges. And in the background, you know, we kind of um, cheer each other on and we're like, you know, I'm really worried about this. Where are you guys with this? Where are you with your closing, Brandon? Or where are you with finding a new realtor? And um, that was nice. The sense of community was um was very motivating. It felt like you had something to fall back on. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't know if I would have been able to like keep moving forward at the same pace without this group. I love that. Brandon, what about you, brother? Yeah, it was a good kick in the butt to finally be like, okay, now I have to do it versus going on MLS, like seeing if anyone's given away any houses. It's like, oh, that one's a good deal. Oh, it has 30 offers. So now it pushed me more to find 
stuff not publicly listed or uh, kind of check back in on other investors I had done HVAC work for. And it was just a good, now I have to do it. I can't just go through like, oh, start buying real estate when I find a good deal. And maybe make good deals and reach out with the one in May. I just followed up on an investor I put a furnace in a house for. And he's actually looking to sell it to put money into his personal house. He's going to start building when that lease is up. Um, so just reaching out and talking to people had brought me two deals. Yeah, it's so fantastic the power that community has. And a lot of us have probably heard the saying that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I think that's so true. And it's like, if you can do, and I, I don't mean this to sound like ruthless, but right, if you can if you can protect your time, who you spend your time with to, to only the people that are on the same journey as you, only the people that are um, supportive of you and your goals and your dreams and your ambitions, like those are the kind of people that will help you make those dreams a reality. So it's, it's so cool to see the three of you uh, leaning on each other throughout this process to, uh, to support one another. It's, it's a, a really cool thing to see. Yeah, the community aspect's been great. Well, thank you guys so much for being open and honest and sharing, you know, the, your successes and your struggles throughout this 90-day journey. Uh, Melanie, let's start with you. Can you tell everyone where they can reach out to you and find out some more information about you and your journey? Yes, please find me on LinkedIn. Um, it's been great to get to connect with some people there. But yes, very active and hope to hear about people on a similar trajectory there. Hey, awesome. Thank you. And Brandon? I can reach you. I'm pretty active on Bigger Pockets, Instagram, and Facebook. They're all my name. Instagram is my name dot my last name, D-I-O-R-I-O, and then just my full name on Facebook and Bigger Pockets. Awesome. And Lawrence? So I'm pretty much everywhere on all social media. <laughs> Uh, Lawrence underscore Briggs, but I'm most active on Instagram. So definitely, you know, let's be friends on Instagram. It's Lawrence underscore Briggs. You can't miss me. I have a big, huge smile and a bow tie. Thank you guys so much. Um, we can't wait to continue to follow along your guys's journey and to the success that you guys will have. So congratulations on your already success that you guys have had. Um, it's been great to get to know you guys and to work alongside you. I'm Ashley at Wealthroom Rentals. He's Tony at Tony J. Robinson. And we'll be back with another episode. We'll see you guys next time. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom. And the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals. Enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and boom, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. There's free resources only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals.
That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.